Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. Thank you for listening to one of our great messages. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Today is um, something that's very dear to my heart. It's something that comes from uh, a place of rawness and realness, and that's what I love about this church. That I can I can come to you still on my journey and share with you some things that have really helped me. Um, you guys have been doing the Born Identity course, and we're actually so excited back in uh, C3 Nairobi, Kenya, where we come from. We're getting a tan on slowly. <laughs> Back in Nairobi, we're going to start this as our uh, first theme in the church, and we're so excited about that, aren't we, Pastor Garth? And uh, we just believe that this, this is going to change a lot of churches in the world. This is the foundation that church needs, and this is something that we're very passionate about. We left in our hearts knowing that we wanted to be disciples, but we know that we were called to go and disciple others too, and so we needed a resource. Awesome. So we're up to what we have which is such a wide topic. But today I'm going to focus on what we have in our spiritual gifts. Because who knows that we can get the foundation right with the born identity. We can get this right. But sometimes if we keep focusing on the foundation, sometimes we get so inward we forget the whole expressive outward, the, the outward expression. And what God has done is He's given us gifts so that we can do that. God has given us each gift. So if you imagine right now as I'm speaking today that there is the foundation of His identity. We've talked about it. We're studying it. I still want you to keep that in your mind. But gifts, when it comes to spiritual gifts, it's actually a bonus that God's given you. It's the purpose on how you can actually outwardly express Jesus Christ in you. Now, he didn't give everyone the gift of prophecy or, or everyone the gift of teaching. He uniquely designed you and gave you a gift that he thought of. And so are you ready? I want you to get your, your pens, your paper, your phones. Or if you've got a really good memory, take it in. So God has not just called you to impact this world. He has equipped you with what you need to do it. So I'm talking about your spiritual gifts here. He's not just calling you out by your lonesome. He's actually given you a gift with the Holy Spirit, and he's going, okay, this is your purpose here. This is how you're actually going to help others. This is how you're going to work with other people. This is how you're going to make your calling, your place in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let's have a look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's, that's what it's all about, helping one another, how we can draw out weaknesses and, and put it into strengths, how we can draw out people's gifts and actually speak into it. This is what it's, this is all about. So a spiritual, be, a spiritual gift has been given to who? All of us. Now, I want to I wanna get the elephant out of the room here because I know that there is, um, there is so much grace in the church when we come in. And we can just rely on the pastors to use their gifts or the worship leader to use their gifts. And uh, gifts is something that is, uh, 
it's squashed down and, and rarely identified. And something that God is very passionate about is drawing out your gift along with your identity. But we come into church and we forget all about this gift that he's put inside us. So some of us have a gift of hospitality. So as soon as we heard that announcement, we thought, well, I did burn the banana cake last week, so probably not. We don't want burnt banana cake in the cafe. So you believe the devil. <laughs> he can come in those ways. And you go, no, I do not have a, a spirit of hospitality. I do not have a gift of hospitality. And so we forget about these gifts. We forget about what he's placed inside us. And we come into church and we hear the message and we learn all about the identity, but we actually forget to practice, which is the best place to practice, your, your gift that he has given you. So if you see someone crying in the back and your heart is just absolutely breaking, but the spirit of fear and intimidation or even just you can't even move because you don't even want to go to that person because you're just bound by all these feelings... You've just missed the most practical point about God giving you a gift. You've missed the opportunity that God's going, I actually am speaking to you right now. That feeling that you've got right inside, I need you to go up and give that person a hug. And I'm going to give you a word for that person. Or I'm going to give you the best hug in the world to give that person because that's what they need. So let's have a look. And um, I'm just going to give you three points today that is uh, really helpful to me. And I'm, I'm going to get really raw and real with you guys this morning that... The first month that I was in Africa, I thought, okay, this is, this is fine, we've got it, I'm going to be fine, we can settle in. And um, I, I, the first week it was, it wasn't it, babe, as soon as we touched that ground, it was like, okay, God just went, right, favour, let's move faster than you thought, all the plans out the windows, time frame gone, you know, Garth, he loves his strategies, he loves his timeline, that went out the window, and God said, it's time to move. Garth and Jamie, we said, yes, Lord, because that's our favorite word, yes. And, um, but to me, inside, I realized that I was completely empty. I realized that all my whole identity was revolved around my gifts. So I'm switching it around a bit here. I realized that I found my place in my workplace as a childcare teacher. I loved children, loved working with them. And that was my area there. That was my gift. Shanks. And then here, up on the stage, I was a worship leader, and that was my gift here. I believe that I was, you know, I've always been called to be a prophetic worship leader, and that was my gift here. And then I also believe that I've got a gift of evangelism, so I was practicing that a little bit. And then so I realized I'm doing all these gifts, and then I got to Africa, and everything, every gift was stripped away. There was no way for me to practice this, except in my worship time with God. It's a bit different. We don't have a full band behind you. <laughs> Incredible band that just pushes you forward. I love it. And I realized that I had nothing. I'm like, okay, God, you know, what, 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 what's my purpose here? What am I doing here, God? So for the first two weeks, I actually hid behind my husband's gift. And it was the most comfortable place I've ever been in. <laughs> I just went, okay, I've got time. It's all right. I can identify what I need to do here. I can, I can try and tweak it. Yes, I can spend time with God and I can get that little feel. But something still wasn't budging. And so I was like, no, Gar's got this gift of, you know, strategy and planning and vision and faith. And he's just rocking every day. He's waking up. Come on, let's pray. And he's after coffee, of course. And then, uh, <laughs> 
And I was like, no, I, yeah, I can step into that. So I literally, I saw myself, and God showed me that I literally hid behind my husband like this, which you just go, that's, you know, Gus here, I'm here. <laughs> Somehow I still saw myself hidden. <laughs> and I was comfortable there because I knew the journey that had to go ahead, but I wasn't ready for it. I'm like, God, I just moved countries. I just left my family. I just left my so-called career I have nothing left. Who am I? Who am I? Who have you called me to be in this season? And so the first little point I want you to write down is this, that your gift is not your identity. Which you really need to, in the mind it gets all a bit confusing about all, you know, all the things that we're learning about and everything. But if there's one thing I want you to take away today is this, that your gift is not your identity. Who you are is not what you do. Amen? Yeah. Finding who you are apart from the gift will make the gift sweeter, of course. But having this strong identity in Christ and then laying it with the gifts and uh, another foundation of what God has given you is the most beautiful position that you can ever be in with God. So even though Garth and I's gifts were getting... You know, gas gifts were getting used every day. And um, sometimes he'd get a little bit discouraged. Sometimes he'd get a little bit tired. His foundation in God was still rock solid. It was still there. So even though these things can go away, there's still this strong identity in Christ. And then you have the gifts, which is absolutely beautiful. So um, I knew that I had to literally do something because these two weeks of hiding by my husband was such an empty, I was comfortable, yes, but I was so dissatisfied and I was so sad and I literally didn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. I was like, well, I'm just going to be the housemaid. That's my job now. I'm just going to keep sweeping those floors every day. The Africa dirt is just disgusting. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful when you're with children and you're in it, but when it's on your floor every day and you wake up with black feet, it's terrible. So that's my role, Lord. I will be your sweeper. <laughs> and, I, and I realized I had to go to my maker. I had to go to him. So, And you know what? It took a whole other week for me to actually just be in his presence and stop. Every time I went, I sat down and I'm like, all right, well, show me. What, what's my purpose? What am I doing here, God? I had this terrible attitude, even like the full hit, like, what's going on? You called me here, you called me in Africa, now what, God? And, uh, <laughs> and then I said, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to have to lay on my bed until God shows me something. Now, this is the most beautiful thing. Like God showed me a vision, and usually I'm, I'm very much a feeler. I can feel, that's the way God speaks to me. I'm a, I'm, he's, I'm, I can feel things. But he actually showed me a really clear vision. And um, I was in this sea, and I was, it was right out in the ocean, and I was literally just getting really tired. I could, like, I could see my arms just getting tired, and I'm trying to stay afloat. And to the left, I could see this island, and then ahead of me, I could see this beach. And I'm having this fight with God. God, which way do I go? Is it this way or that way? You need to tell me. I'm, I'm, I'm getting tired. You can see I'm, I'm starting to drown here. And he said in the most beautiful voice, he said, Jamie, you know what to do. Call upon Jesus. Ask him to bring you the boat. 
And I was like, I know what this means. As soon as that boat comes, this journey starts. (laughs) But I had nothing else. So I called upon Jesus to send his boat. And he was the most cruisiest, most beautiful guy sitting back. It was so clear. He's in this yacht. He's just sitting back, just sailing towards me. And he's just doing these ones. Coming towards me. (laughs) And then he reached out his hand. He went to go pick me up. And then I realized, okay, it's time. It's time to grab the hand. So he pulled me out of the water. And I went to go, I sat in the yacht and I went to go face like the beach and the island where I could see it. He said, no, turn around. Turn around and look at me. I said, no, but I've... You know, I need my vision. My vision's over there. That's, that's the greatness. That's where I need to get up there. I'm going to be this amazing preacher. You know, prophetic, everything, everything. It's, everything's over there. Turn around. Turn around and look at me. So I turned around. And I was looking at him. And he said, for now, I'm just going to remind you of everything God created you to be. And it's going to be little snippets of truth that are going to keep you going. And we're going to, yes, I know you have your gifts, Jamie, and I love that. And I'm going to teach you how you can use your gifts in this season. But for now, I just need to remind you who you are. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Number two, identify your gift. There's a lot of people who have been Christians for years or just been recently saved, or even thinking about getting saved, and you're like, well, what is this gift that you're talking about, God? So it is important that we discover what our spiritual gift is. But the most important thing, like I said, is that you don't hide behind someone else's gifts, or you don't mimic someone's gift because it looks good. True. Some of us see the big preachers like Steve, and they're like, oh, I'm going to have that gift one day. Some of us see Heidi Baker in Africa and she's just healing, healing, healing children left, right and centre. I want to have that gift. That looks good. That looks great in a book. That looks good in a movie. That looks good up on stage. I want that gift. No, God has given you the gift that is designed for you. Let's have a look in Exodus 4.2. Then the Lord asked Moses... What is that in your hand? I love this. This whole passage, I love this. What is that in your hand? So I believe that you can't release something from your hand unless you know what it is, right? So you need to identify what is in your hand. Your gift is here, and some of us are holding it here. But he's like, what is it? Identify what it is. What is in your hand and release it. Use it. Practice it. Identify it, empower it. What is in your hand? Let's look at um, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. It gives us a, a glimpse of some of the, the gifts he's talking about here. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. There it is again. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. 
He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. And there's also other gifts in Romans too. The key thing is is that you are developing a strong identity and foundation but also there is a gift that needs to be fed into flame and needs to be identified. So how do you identify this gift? Because I know that sometimes I'm like, well, we talk about this, but then we need something to go out and think about. So how do you identify this gift? Number one, you pray about it. God is beautiful. God is a father. He's a father of affirmation. He's a father of purpose and he's a father of promises. If you sit in his presence, he will show you this gift If not, sometimes you need to study yourself and you might be able to identify it. Sometimes we just need to go, okay, well, I I really love doing this and this makes me come alive when I do that. Well, sometimes that's just it. That's your gift right there. You already know it, but you just haven't identified it's actually a spiritual gift or not. Uh, Talk to your connect leader. Connect groups are the most... it's so important that you get in a part of a connect group and that you're growing and you're being discipled by others. And the most beautiful thing in connect groups is a part of this course is if we identify our gifts. And then also if you've got a mentor that you speak to, that's another person that you can speak to. But there is definitely uh, a time, and I believe it's now, that you need to go out and identify this gift. Number three is do your gift. We can identify it, and then feelings get in the way, and then we squash it again. Or busyness comes, and we forget about it. Number three, do your gift. 2 Timothy 1 to 6, and this is Paul speaking to Timothy. This is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Phil Pringle says there are three ways we fan the flame into the gift. Write this one down. Lots of writing, I know, but it's awesome. It's good for you. Is study it. Study it. The Word of God shows your gift and how to fan that into flame. There's resources out there. Go find a book on the gift of healing or the gift of seeing. Hang around those who are further ahead in operating that gift. Okay, so... Pastor Phil has a gift of faith. Andrew has a gift of faith. Right? So they're going to empower each other by hanging out with one another. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go a bit further. Yeah, let's go a bit further in that. I love that. It's sharpening one another. That's what we're here for. It's awesome. (laughs) So we need to be reminded that we need to flame we need to fan into flame this gift that is upon our lives each day. We need to wake up. We need to identify how we're going to work. What's our purpose today? How we can work in that? And we need to fan it into flame. I want to um, go back to Moses now and have a look at uh, what, what happened to Moses. Such an, a powerful story. You've got to read the whole thing, right? If you ever get discouraged, just read the whole thing and then you'll be encouraged again. So Moses tried using his gift of speaking to the Israelites in Egypt once before. But after he killed the Egyptian, they didn't listen to him, and he fled to the wilderness. When God then called him to return, his past failure made him not want to pick that gift up again. 
Let's have a look in Exodus 4, 1 to 4. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? Every day, that's what goes in my head. What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? You're crazy. Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and turned it back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. This, this is profound. Let me show you why. When God asked Moses to pick the snake up, he was asking him to pick up his gift again. Pick up your gift so you can lead the Israelites out of Egypt and conquer the Egyptians. If you don't pick this up, I'm going to have to go call someone else. Pick it up. (laughs) And then get this. Pick it up from the tail. Now, every Australian knows, how do you pick up a, a snake? Not from the tail. By the head. Why? So when you pick it up from the head, you can control where the head's turning and it can't come back at you and bite you. Pick it up from the tail. Picks it up from the tail. That snake has the opportunity to turn around and bite him. Turn around and get him again. And this is what God is telling some of us today. Pick up what once hurt you, it won't hurt you again. Pick up what once hurt you. There's some of us who have used our gifts, we've tried to fit into find these gifts, and we've been hurt, we've been bitter, we've been offended. And God is telling you today, pick up what once hurt you. It will not hurt you again. That is God's promise to this church today. And as you as believers, pick it up. Pick it up again. Test his faith. Test him. And he will show you that nothing will hurt you again. There's another, uh, there's a feeling that Moses was feeling here and, and before it was past failure and there's a lot of people who have failed in their gifts and then there's also another feeling that he's feeling and that's inadequacy. Who feels that every day? I'm not worthy, I'm not ready. Can't I just be comfortable, God? Can't I just have my house and my children be comfortable, God? Inadequacy is a feeling and think about every day what stops you. What stops you from speaking to that person about Jesus? What stops you from giving that little bit of extra tithe when God's trying to test you in something? It's feelings. Feelings of fear. Feelings of doubt. Feelings of inadequacy. Let's have a look in, in Exodus three eleven. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O Lord, I'm not very good with words. I have never been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Mm -hmm. But how profound is this? In Acts 7, 22, Stephen is recorded as saying, Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. He was powerful in speech and action. 
So what made him doubt his voice? Fear, fear of speaking, feelings held him back. He wanted to stay in the wilderness because that's where it was comfortable and that's where he didn't have to use his gift. And that's where he said, you know what? Feelings are going to win today again. I'm just going to stay here. And God's saying, pick up the staff, go back and release them from slavery. I've called you. Do you know that one thing that I've learned in this, this whole journey is that fear will make you deaf, blind and mute. It'll cripple you. Fear will cripple you. But the best place for you guys to come and learn and conquer these fears and get, get stretched, get enlarged, is by coming to church and empowering one another, getting in your connect groups, practicing. You might even just share a little, a little story at connect group and that's just a start of something. God loves that. Like Katie and Jeff, God loves it that you opened up your mouth and spoke to your neighbor. That was you getting used. That was you picking up your gift again. Once what, what was hurt, once what was bitter and offended, and God, that, I'm not picking up that gift of healing again. Pick it up, Kate. <laughs> it won't hurt you again. Practice it. Test my faith. Test the strength that I have for you in this next season. And so I had, to, uh, I had to really start to work on, so I, I also studied this in Africa, but I also had to start to identify these gifts that are upon me, and I had to practice them. And uh, everyone knows that I do love to sing, and I, I, I love to be led by the prophetic, and I believe that's my gift. I've identified that. And uh, Garth and I were in a cafe, and we were um, having our Connect group meeting, and who knows that African can be a very spiritual place. So if this freaks you out, it's just, that's just what happens in Africa. And um, we're sitting there and there was this guy that was sitting behind us and he looked a little bit crazy, someone that you might see down at Wang River at times. And I just glanced and I thought, oh, it's, that's, yeah, that's all right, just a little loopy guy. And as we started to speak about church, he started to mumble shaking his head to himself, he's by himself and he's mumbling and shaking his head. And straight away, the spirit of my gift of discernment and the prophetic started to go, okay, start to activate me, start to practice me, power of God is upon you, you can do this. And so then we started to speak a bit louder. Garth, when he talks about church, he gets a bit passionate and his voice rises a little bit in public places after his own father-in-law, <laughs> which I love. But so these guys started to get a little bit louder again. I don't know what he was saying. So I prayed for peace. Okay, God, let's do this. Let's start to practice it. I'm just going to sit in this boat with you, Jesus. I'm going to look at you. I know that is there. I know the land is there. I'm just going to look at you. I'm going to start to practice this gift with my new identity in Christ. And so this guy starts pointing at our table <laughs> and he's getting a bit louder. So I just get a bit louder. And I'm just praying, thank you, Lord, you've got us covered. There's, there is no darkness that can get in, in us. There is no darkness that can scare us away. God, I'm covering this team in Jesus' name. Nothing he's saying has no effect. There is a shield around us in Jesus' name. Just 
food. What does he do? He covers his mouth. Covering his mouth, looking at me. So I'm just, okay, that's fine. You can do that. Just keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Covers his eyes. <laughs> you seen a, a guy by himself in a cafe doing this and this, then you're going, what is wrong with him, right? Covering his eyes because he no longer can look at me. And I'm looking at him going, you will be quiet in Jesus' name. You will stop speaking in Jesus' name. You have no authority in this cafe. In fact, I take dominion over this whole cafe in Jesus' name. Stands up and walks out. <laughs> he can't take it. So he walks past us outside the cafe and he's going, please. Off his nutter. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And do you know what? I could have been bound by fear because when people see that, it is a little bit freaky because it's not things that you see every day. You might see it on the movies, but it's not something that you see it every day. But I had to practice my gift. It was my time to shine, baby. It was my time to rise up and say, I've got this gift and I'm going to shut your mouth in Jesus' name. So the next day we returned to the cafe and who's there? Mr. Crazy. He's sitting there again. And what does he do? As soon as we go to sit down, he stands up and moves himself behind this pot plant. Sits down behind this pot plant, like this, looking and freaking out, trying to... <laughs> and I'm going, I see you. I see you. I love it. And you guys are going to learn more about that, what you have, because everyone can do that. That's, that's just the power of God working in you. That's just what I'm passionate about. That's my gift. And so when it comes to our gifts and when it comes to practicing them, sometimes we think that we have to get to greatness straight away. And that's what Jesus was trying to show me in this vision that I don't have to... Do you know what? Stephen Furtick says that there's actually no such thing as greatness. Only God is the greatness. We can always become greater, but we will never ever get to the destination of greatness because... We're imperfect. There's always going to be things holding us back and holding our journey back. But that's what the beautiful thing is that God is greatest. He is the greatest. And so let's just have a look at this. And I just believe that this is just some, something that's going to be really powerful for you guys to take away and know. Because sometimes when we're talking about gifts and we're talking about practicing these gifts, we go, okay, well, where do I start, God? And, you know... I, it, does that mean I have to be like this preacher to thousands? Does this mean that I have to go and, you know, around Westfields and heal every person that walks past that's complaining of a headache or a sore leg? No, he's just telling you to just to move past this baseline. So let's just have a look at this. Stephen Furtick says in um, his book, which is amazing, called Greater, there is, um, have we got that? Ooh. There we go. Good enough. So most, most of us stay here, and I was comfortable here too. I could have stayed there in this season. So we've got good enough, which is the baseline living that is marked by mediocrity, stuck in spiritual survival mode. I've been there so many times and controlled by complacency, right? So we've got this, this gift that's not even fanned into flame. It's, it's, it's dead. It's, it's done. We're in survival mode. Every Sunday we turn up to church on Sunday and we're in survival mode. Just, I just need one worship song. Just give me that worship song as soon as you get it. I need it. I'm in survival mode here. 
And then we've got the next level, which is the greatness, which is the vague, unrealistic aspirations of doing better that don't work in real life and actually lead to endless frustration. But there is a third way. So that's the whole greatness we're talking about. You know, oh, I, we were actually speaking to uh, Anna, Anna Smith, which is Martin Smith's wife, and someone interviewed him and said, that song, History Maker, when you wrote it in the revival days, what, what were you saying, History Maker? What do you mean by History Maker? And he said, do you know what? I was actually only speaking about being a history maker in your church or being a history maker out in the community. I didn't say history maker for you to go out and just to say, well, I'm going to be a history maker. I'm going to change the world, baby. I'm going to get up and preach to thousands. No, he was saying, I just want you to be a history maker with your identity in your church, in your community. And yes, if God's called you to go preach to the thousands, then let it be. But some of us get stuck in this place because that place is too far away. But he's teaching this, these steps to go towards it. And then the last place where God wants us to be is greater. The life-altering understanding that God is ready to accomplish a greatness in your life that is entirely out of human reach. So every day when our gift gets fanned into flame, it feels like it's going to be out of reach. It feels like it's a little bit much. But God is saying, well, that's how I want you to feel. I want you to feel like you're on cloud nine. So you've got this foundation of identity of Christ, but then your gifts just make you feel like you can do anything. And it's beyond out of human reach. It's beyond anything you see in yourself on your best day. <laughs> Some of us can't go to a conference and we're getting powered by a conference. We get this feeling, you know, we get a, an amazing word of God and we're like, yes, we're going to do it. We're going to change the world tomorrow. This is going to be the best in the world. And then we realize, hang on, that, that goes, doesn't it? Eventually it actually fades away. But God's telling you that this, what you can practice every day, is greater than what you actually feel on your best day or your best moment in your conference, whatever it is. But it's exactly what God has seen in you all along. God designed you. God created you with a gift. God has given you an identity in Christ, yes, to stand on, but then He's given you a gift to actually go ahead and make disciples to Jesus Christ Go ahead and call out the gifts in other people. Go ahead and be a part of building the kingdom of God on Sunday with your gift. Yes? We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.